Diabolical. Despicable. Itchy. Lightning. Oh. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. Uh, this is Katie. And you're listening to a, a Date with Dateline, and it's a new year, new intro. We're trying something new. Did you like it? Let us know what you thought. I loved it. I thought it was good. Did you get the diabolical and despicable? Yes. Despicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying a new thing that was Katie's idea where we just say words really dramatically. Sort of from the episode, maybe sometimes from our personal life. Maybe it's an overlap. <laughs> so this is A Date with Daylight. It's 2024, New Year. Thank you for being here with us for another year. Very exciting. Something happened at the end of last year that was so shocking that I don't think I've told Katie about because she's not on social media. I was first told about by our lovely Patreons and Supercasters. We got yelled at. No, oh, please, that's happened since the beginning. Okay. We got significantly yelled at. No. Oh, brother. We recovered an episode that we had already covered. Oh, I know. And not realized. I saw it on, I do read Instagram. So for all you thinking that I don't read Instagram, so when people, people meaning you, when Kimberly makes jokes at my expense on Instagram, I see them. And I bank them for when I'm going to unleash something. I'm just kidding. Nothing's (laughs) going to be unleashed. I just feel sad in my house alone, you know, which is worse. It's 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 pretty bad with my cats. Oof. So sad pity party (laughs) with your cats. Uh huh. That is shocking. And I still don't remember. Do you remember? Tell me you don't remember. I don't remember. And the thing that's funny so it was our very last episode of 2023, which was called. At the bottom of the stairs, no, down the basement stairs, but it was originally called at the bottom of the stairs. And we did it six and a half years ago in 2017, our first year. And it was the fourth episode that we released ever. Oh. So this was the very beginning. Some of you always ask what the very first episode is. The first episode that's on the feed is not our first episode. There are a few that like went in the bin, like a cake on Bake Off, because they did not deserve to be out there. And those are the lost episodes. But the fourth one that we released was at the bottom of the stairs about a lesbian couple where one of them died at the bottom of the stairs. And what's funny is when we were recording the new version, the updated episode, I said, when we heard about Burger King mac and cheese, we did another episode about Burger King mac and cheese. It was that one. It was that one. How sad is that? And I feel horrible for the families that that is what we remembered of this episode. But it's blame our goldfish brains. It's not that the case wasn't important. It is us. We've done over 400 episodes, and this was bound to happen. But still, I didn't really remember the paint splattered. No. And there was lots of stuff that Dateline, we said it was way too short It was way too much information to be a one hour. Some of our Patreons gave us some crazy outside information. This should have been a three hour. There is like a whole suspect that's brushed off that there is some other stuff going on about. So I would like if there's a documentary about this show that's or if Dateline will revisit it in a two hour because interesting stuff some people let us know about. But anyways, we just covered what Dateline gave us and I still don't remember it. And Apparently, there was cat hair 
found on the body and they didn't have cats anymore and that was discussed maybe in the first episode is that ringing a bell to you that should have stood out to you because katie has cats sorry is the first episode a two hour no i think it was a one hour well no that's a great question i'm not sure I wonder why it had cat hair in the first one, but not this one. Why would we not have that in round two? Because there was new trial stuff that they had to include at the end. So they cut stuff. You shouldn't have cut cat hair. Never cut cat hair. Just imagine I post the episode and then I start getting messages on Patreon. This sounds so familiar. Am I crazy or did they already talk about this? You girls know you already talked about this one. And I'm like, what? What? No. What? I, my brain is, I'm not that old. Am I that I completely forgot doing an episode? Yes, that is exactly what happened. And it's so weird. You. I it's don't expect weird. it from you. I fully expect it. Of course, I would not remember. Everyone yeah. knows that I'm not going to remember. But you, Shocking. who can recite things from memory from many years beyond six yeah. years ago. Like, yeah. That's I'm shocking. surprised as well and disappointed, frankly, in myself. Yeah. No, I'm not disappointed because I feel like there's a reason. I don't know. Maybe we're supposed to dig more into it. Maybe it's a sign. Honestly, there are just some episodes, depending on maybe what's going on in our lives or how much time we spend prepping for the episode when it, I don't know what it, I think it's just when it airs, like what's going on in our lives. Some really stick with us. And if something has, they have something extremely memorable in it. And it's not something to do with the crime. Usually it's something very random, like a B-roll or something. Yeah, that it would be. Yeah. Makes it really, st- when you do over 400 episodes. And again, each episode is obviously tragic to the families and everything. But like oh, when course. you're doing over 400, I'm sure they blend together for Dateline people as well the people that work on the shows. Yeah, maybe not the hosts because you're physically meeting a person. Yeah. But it's a little bit different. Like when you're an editor in or media. something. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I actually hilariously saw something pop up on my YouTube feed the other day about Carl Carlson and I started laughing. Carl Carlson didn't deserve sleeves. And See? it was Carl Carlson, the unluckiest man on earth or something yeah. like that question mark. It was some sort of YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. I don't remember any details about the case, but I will never forget that his name is Carl Carlson. And we said that he didn't deserve sleeves. And that he didn't deserve sleeves. And we made merch and it became a whole thing. Well, there's a new video out on him. Maybe we should this year make this, do a few episodes that are just touching back in on a few episodes and see if there's updates. Because I'd love to hear what the extra details in this case from last month was. I want to know. You'd be fascinated. I'm sure if... If someone can send us a good article or Katie would really get into this, these alternative theories, I think. I re- yeah, I really would. But thank you for letting us know kindly that we are dodo birds and we yeah. already did. I love that our listeners knew and we didn't know because they're going wow. back to listen. We are not. We are no. set it and forget it. Yeah, it's in and we're on yeah. to the next. We don't, we can't go back or no. we'll never move forward. Oh boy. This but is- in this week, we have another bottom of the stairs type episode. Have we done it? No. Well, yes, we have done this one. Did you not know that? No, you're lying to me. You're messing with me. No, we have. I assumed I didn't have to tell you. See, this one I remember so vividly that I'm shocked that you don't remember it. Okay, I remember Tony. I remember Tony. You remember Tony. But I thought that I had sweater. seen Tony on something else. No. I well, thought that it, I was like, oh, this is something I watched in a non-Dateline format. No, I think we're very visual and... 
I mm-hmm. remember so many images from this episode. I remember a very thick French accent that I maybe yes. insinuated was fake last time. And Oof. but I'm sure I, it's not. I remember Tony in an extremely itchy sweater yeah. that looked very uncomfortable. And I remember an image of burned coil springs from a mattress. That I remember was, Tony's face, like Tony specifically and Tony Tongue, his name. Yeah. I remember him and I just Can't thought that it was famous and I had seen it no, elsewhere. So we originally did this episode again six and a half years ago. Thank God. Okay. July 17th, 2017. Okay. Time is just a circle this year. We're just bringing back. It's like our season whatever of it's dark. Our Netflix dark. Well, if time is a circle, it's really fitting that True Detective returns in a week. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. And Fargo is back on. Which is a great, it's a great season, by the way. It's such a good season. So the original episode of this, The Fire Inside, which our OG listeners and our beautiful new listeners who have gone back and listened from the beginning and have given us the grace for all the dumb things that we said back then. And the audio when my mic was turned around backwards for entire episodes. Because I didn't know how to work my mic. Is this when we tell people that we're moving all year one content to Patreon? We, are, we will be moving our year one content to Patreon and Supercast. So listen to it now while you can. It it doesn't deserve to be out there. Yeah. We were not good podcasters. Not that we're that great now, but we were not good then. So we are giving all of you a heads up. So you can't get mad that we are taking down those earlier episodes. So. Yeah, heads up. Heads up. This episode, though, is called The Room Downstairs. It is our first episode of 2024. It aired January 4th, 2024. Season 32, episode 21, hosted by the Gorgie. Gorgie? Gorgers. Remember when I said we were better podcasters like 30 seconds ago than we used to be? You meant to say it like that. Gorgers. Gorgers. Andrea Canning. And I love seeing her style throughout the years since this is a a new updated episode. We get her for throughout time. And Mm -hmm. she is a circle of time. She's timeless. Whatever that she's. An unbreakable unbreakable of beauty. Andrea Canning. Mm -hmm. So first off, it starts with the host talking about the weather. Mark it off your bingo cards. She says, love, at first it's all blue skies, a lovely day that promises to never end. But just as the weather changes, so can love. Something that gains power as it churns, then finally strikes the only way it can with lethal force. And we're seeing lots of B-roll of a blue sky turning into thunder and lightning. Yes. So we are in 2011, rainy New Jersey, which means you're going to hear some accents from us. Maybe. Did we do accents the last time? That's a guarantee we did accents. We have a few great accents in this. So many. But I love your New Jersey accent, so I'm I'm ready. Okay, thank you. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Tanks. So. Tanks, Andy. Tanks. (laughs) What is that from? Oh, that's. that's (laughs) Tanks, Andy. Tanks. It's when he's prison Mike. Yep, prison Mike. So Andrea stands on location with this New Jersey guy whose car broke down one night in 2011. He's a former volunteer firefighter, which I just feel like everyone in New Do it is sometimes just does it feel like everyone in the media that's from New Jersey or New York is either firefighter or police. They're the most dedicated men in, and women in uniform. I feel like the odds are if you're seeing someone on the news on that's in lives in LA 
They're like, I'm a waiter slash actor slash. I'm in the entertainment industry. Yeah, they're not a nice volunteer fire person. We're no, too I could selfish. see that. I could see that. It does sort of feel like that. That's a good observation. So he saw smoke one night and he calls 911 and he goes to the house that's on fire and he starts pounding on the door. The basement is engulfed and he has no gear, but he has a neighbor's hose and tries to use the pitiful little spigot to get the fire out, which is so sweet, but it's too late. The firefighters arrive in the house and they find a badly burned body. And this is when we're seeing the photo of the wire springs of this charred bed. And did we last time sing this bed is on fire in a very offensive manner? I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure we had a field day with the fire inside. I think I said it's that's gonorrhea. Yes, I think because the fire down below is gonorrhea. <laughs> right. So I think we said the fire inside was syphilis. I think we did have some Maybe sort of really bad acid it. reflux. That's yeah. what it feels oh, yeah. like when my acid reflux is bad. It feels like I am a fire breathing dragon. You need to search for acid reflux in your notes. And see yeah, if it comes up for this episode, because I bet you money it does. Our jokes are the same. This episode is secular, and so are our jokes. Oh, boy, so- that's bad. Okay, now that I know that we've done this before, the, it's all I knew that we'd had you. a bed on fire. I knew that yeah. we'd had someone on a bed that was on fire. Yeah. But if we saw but the bed last But that's not the only time, episode. We have had a wife on fire in a bed. Yeah. We've had several datelines with people found in their beds on fire. I'm deceased, but they were killed not from the fire. I remember a woman. So I yeah. was actually surprised that this was... I feel like it's usually a woman. And so I was surprised that this has actually turned out to be a man that yes. was on fire. But also, it made me really nervous because when they're showing the bed with the springs, they do say something. I think Andrea says something along the lines of they could tell that they couldn't see what had gone on or they were checking for arson. And then they saw that the source of the fire was a very badly burned body on this bed. And they're showing us the bed. And I'm like, are we about to see? Are we about to see? I couldn't tell if they were going to show us some remains. I no. was very nervous. Yeah. I didn't know sometimes what was going datelines on. are very not respectful. Sometimes datelines very careful, judicious. We saw feet. We saw about, ankles last we've time. We've seen like full on feet and hands, and but then they'll blur out other things, and then sometimes they don't show us anything. So just be on your toes. Yeah, just you got to be on your toes. You're watching Dateline. So I hope you're already on your toes. So the poor deceased individual on the bed is 59-year-old Rob Cantor, who is a software engineer, a husband, and a father, and just seems like the nicest guy ever. Truly very fun guy. Uh, His sister, Leslie, so classy, adorable, big hair. She's wearing animal print. She's wearing very gold-toned makeup. She's very, like... Joan Rivers almost, but she's very classic New York grandma. It's exactly what I want. If my grandma is if or if my mother in law or someone is from New York or New Jersey, I want her to look exactly like Leslie. You know the ladies on that ID show, Elder Skelter, those fashionable ladies Mm -hmm. who ate at the deli with their gold jewelry. Hundred percent. Leslie is one of them. Do you think Leslie has a drink? A martini. Like a sarsaparilla? Or do you think she has a classic Leslie? Like something oh, that she, she makes. Oh, she has a Leslie. Yeah. Can right, I have the Leslie? It's a special, just a dash yeah. of lime. Yeah, for sure. Two cherries. Yeah, I'll know. get the Leslie. Mm-hmm. 
So she couldn't believe that Rob died in a fire. And Andrea very gently says, people die in fires all the time. Why didn't you think he could die in a fire? And for some reason, I found that very funny. But Leslie meant because he Rob was a triathlete. So unless something else happened, he would have gotten away. And his friend that we're meeting says that he was not stupid. He would not risk his life to go to fight the fire. And something else must have happened. His friend's name is Murdad. Murdad. Yeah. So investigators think that the fire was started to conceal evidence of a murder. And the autopsy does show that Rob was shot in the head execution style, which is where Andrea says diabolical. Diabolical? Where'd you get that word, Andrea? For newcomers, that's Dennis's word. And the prosecutor says, despicable. (laughs) And I almost wish he had said, let's keep that word with Dennis. Okay, Andrea? I don't know why you tried to one-up her. I didn't like that. (laughs) You already used a perfectly good word, Andrea. He's mansplaining D words to her. And he's going to give her another word. But also a callback to our opening words of this episode. What? That was a callback to our opening words of this episode. Yes, it was. It's despicable. And the On your toes. It's like a game and you have to write down where you hear it. You have to figure it out. It's like a word search. It's going to be now like a Audio puzzle. clues, yeah. rebus type puzzle. Uh-huh. So the prosecutor's name is Wayne Mello. And so they find a bullet casing and ethanol on the comforter of the basement which is where the fire started as an accelerant to cover up a murder. And interestingly, there have been two other murders in the county that year involving house fires. So there is a serial killer arsonist on the loose. And then do they think they're involved? I would think they would have to be. That there are three now murder in a low crime area, murder fires. They weren't specific. Was it exactly like this where someone had been shot and the house was set ablaze or was it just a fire? What's a fire set while someone's asleep? No, I don't know. I thought they said murder fires. So I don't know if that means is that fires a, to cover up a murder or a fire is used to murder. Correct. That's I don't what know. we're going to need some. So specifics. his friend Merdad told, tells police that Rob was so kind and they had this bromance and they tell this story that's so funny. Rob skipped out of work early and left him a message on his voicemail that said, I've always hated you. So I have left. I've left to find someone much better looking, which is not difficult to find. And I curse you. Have a nice day. It's the driest, most perfect message. And I love that Murdad kept it. Yes. Because it probably just cracked him up. Uh, it's so dr- I hate you. Mm-hmm. I've always hated you. Mm-hmm. I've left with someone much better looking. And in the face of all the datelines that we've had over the years, with the wonderful tributes like Lit Up a Room, Contagious Smile, Loved Life, which are all beautiful, this is what I'm going to remember about Rob. And it makes me like Rob so much. So much. And it shows perfectly. I'm so glad he kept the message because it's like it it tells you exactly who he is and that he was probably really fun to be friends with. So Merdad and Rob would run together. And when they would run, they would talk with each other. And how running and talking? (laughs) That sounds really hard to do. Can you speed walk and talk? Yeah, I would do that. Okay. 
speed walking, the only sport endorsed by the American Association of Retired People. Thank you, Bobby Hill. So they would run and Rob would confide about his marriage. He was married to a woman named Susan for 27 years, but they were getting a divorce. They had tried therapy, but they grew apart. Nothing worked, but they still liked each other and there was no bitterness there. So if you're thinking Susan's involved in the murder, she's not. Homicide detective Cecilia Love, who is awesome and has some arm guns. Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. She is in charge of the case. And she finds out that Rob and Susan got along so well that during the divorce, they had still lived under the same roof kind of to raise their two daughters. And Rob had slept in the basement. But eventually the divorce was finalized. She was moving out. Police cannot find anything to tie the three arsons together, three arson murders, except they were three arson murders. That's kind of crazy. I still can't get over that they're not related. It feels like a lot. It feels like a high number. It does. Yeah. So they bring in his soon-to-be ex-wife, Susan, who does seem devastated, and she was alone at her house on the phone with a friend. They can't find any reason that she would have to kill him. They knock her off the list. Enter the other lady in his life, his new lady friend, Sophie Manu. And I was very confused by Sophie. We are seeing two photos of her that look like two completely different people. We've had two faces before on this show. This was shocking. So we see one where she looks to me like late 20s with dark, short, curly hair. Mm Mm-hmm white teeth, lipstick on, brown eyes, super cute. Then we catch this other photo where her hair is a bit more undone. It's sort of a make under. And she's wearing these rimless glasses. And her teeth look different. Her eyes look blue because there's some trick of the camera. It's like she's a completely different person. And then we see her in person. And does it feel like a third different person? Or do you feel like the second picture the more undone and then who we're seeing in person match. I kind of felt like it was a totally different third person, but maybe closer to the second one who looks more to be in her 40s. The second photo looks more like in her 40s. So then I and we learn that she is 40. So then I was like, why do we keep seeing this picture of her in her 20s at a cocktail party? Was there no other picture? There's no picture between age 20 and age 40. So they've gone with the one in her 40s. Interesting. Where she looks like she's in the middle of doing laundry at a laundromat. And she's a beautiful woman. Oh, she's effortlessly Effortlessly beautiful. This is not the photo I would have chosen of her. But... It's not terrible. So maybe I get why they picked the more glamorous cocktail photo. But she does look significantly younger. Yeah. When they were showing her, I was like, who is this girl? Which one is so... And girl is the word that I used. Yeah, girl. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's 40. But we're girls, too. I still consider myself a girl. <laughs> you still look like a girl. Well, so you, you're forever 18. No, so, I have what I'm calling tired face all the time now. And it's <laughs> not going away. So I understand. I call it complicated face. She, she met Rob a year before at a science lecture, which I guess is where the singles were meeting in 2010. In New York City, yeah, for smart people. Museums, sure. science lectures. Etc. Yeah. Rob is 60 and she is 40. They're 19 so years they're apart. They're 19 years apart. Yeah. I don't think that's that weird at that age. No. 
if she was 20 and he was 40, I would say let's have Taylor Swift write a song about it. But 40 I think it's okay. doesn't it's just fine. So they both love running, philosophy and science. She lived in Manhattan. She was very cultural and she's French. Did I mention she's French? Yeah, her oui. name is Sophie Menu. Sophie Menu? Mm-hmm. Je m'appelle Sophie Menu. Oui, oui. She lived in Manhattan. She is married. And she has three daughters with husband Tony Tung. Yes, you did not forget that name. Mm-mm. She was living a secret life. Now, detectives bring her in and they think she seems genuinely very upset and shocked by mm-hmm. the death. She says Rob had seen her only earlier that day. He had come into the city to see her and her eight-year-old daughter at a museum. Mm. And I thought, hmm, she's introducing her child, one of her children, to her affair. Which is the affair. The affair had been going on for almost a year, it seems like. A while. So is she still married at this time? Well, we'll get to that. Okay, okay. So the detective says, do you know why he would be found in the basement? And she starts crying. And she Mm. says, the basement is where we consummated our relationship. So then I have so many questions. Is it a furnished basement is my number one question. Yes. There's a bed there, but is what are the walls? Is it wall wood paneling like in the Brady Bunch house? I'm in the basement right now. It's a room. I mean, I had to work on it, but yeah, it's a room. But then there's, we know that he'd been living in the basement. So that tells you. So no, it's probably just wall-to-wall books. If his hobbies are running philosophy and science, there's probably not a TV. It's probably like a record player. I want to say he has a vinyl collection. And then just wall-to-wall books. And then maybe a tiny wardrobe where he keeps his clothes. I don't think he was still living in the basement because his wife Susan had moved out. But they, he probably hadn't taken it down from when he was living down there. So it was probably like a comfortable space for him. Okay. And then maybe he still used it as a study. So because there was still a fold-out bed. Because when you hear basement, you think... Buffalo Bill. Yeah. You're thinking you of the think lotion. Like two teenagers getting it on because that's the only place they can get away from their parents. Or someone like raising moths in a cage. So beautiful. <laughs> so powerful. I mean, our basement was partially furnished furnished but there was furnished but there was one room that was just concrete and we had rabbits down there and so they just pooped everywhere yeah there's lots of rabbit poop but then there was one room that was furnished that's all i know about is see we don't have basements here in california well and then i had a a creepy basement in pennsylvania where the light flickered and that's where the washer dryer had a demon child living in there a victorian child child basement children Yeah, for sure. There was a few. So basements are complicated. Mm -hmm. But hopefully this was a nice one. So Rob's friend, Merdad, said that the relationship bothered him for Rob because she was still married. And he said, what are you doing, Rob? Why are you doing this? And he says, I know, I feel really bad for Tony. And he's like, Tony? And Rob's like, yeah, I met Tony Tung. He came to my house. So Tony showed up at Rob's house And Rob, let him in. I don't invite my neighbors into my apartment, let alone the man I have made a cuckold. I don't invite my parents into my apartment. I think that 
Rob is very civilized. He's a very... so nice. Knowledgeable, smart, intelligent man. It's like, we can deal with this intellectually. Tony Tung is a businessman. Let's deal with this as intellectual men. Well, his sister said, I bet he thought they would just wind up friends because everyone became friends with Rob eventually. He had no enemies. Mm -hmm. And so, but Merdad is like us like why did you not call the police right this man is showing up at your house i bet you offered him coffee didn't you and i'm thinking if you did offer him coffee you better do one of those princess bride switcheroo games with him because neither of you should trust the coffee that the other one is giving you in this situation oh that that is true but also why didn't you just call him her dad don't worry about calling the cops just call your friend and be like you need this is why you need codes you like come over here right now. Well, there's a code for I'm being held kidnapped. And then there's a code that you probably wouldn't have thought of to create, which is the man I am cuckolding just um, came over and I need your backup with your runner big muscles. What if you just text the word trouble? Trouble. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, that would work. Yeah. SOS, unless it's like a Michael Scott situation. And he said, I've learned that people don't call me back. So I just do SOS all the time. Wow. So Rob said, I felt bad for Tony. His life is falling apart. And they had a lot in common. Tony also worked in computers and they were also big foodies and loved food. And they also were Clovis brothers. Mm-hmm. They probably shared HelloFresh meal tips. And I understand yeah. that HelloFresh is designed to bring your family together around the dinner table. I did not know that it could also bring together a lady's husband and her lover. Who knew? HelloFresh, the magic of good food. Bringing people together since its inception. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all Three, say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your door. HelloFresh can help you with all of your resolutions. Let's say you want to waste less food. They only send you pre-portioned ingredients, exactly what you need for each recipe. Is your resolution to have your children have less tantrums about food? Well, they have kid-tested, family-friendly recipes. Yes. Is your resolution to spend less time in the kitchen and more time watching quality programming like 90 Day Fiance? Yes. Try their quick and easy menu. Some are ready in 15 minutes. Yeah. There's some that are ready in 10. They're also doing something really cool this year. They're giving all subscribers a totally free breakfast item with each single HelloFresh delivery. Amazing. Free breakfast. With HelloFresh, I'm actually starting to enjoy cooking a little in short bursts, which is great because their recipes are so quick. And I'm also getting more adventurous in trying out new foods like veggie tagine, which I've never had. And now I've never even eaten tagine. And now I have made tagine and am basically Moroccan. You need to bring that up at a party. Oh, when I made this veggie tagine last night? Yeah. It's it's like a name drop. Instead of name dropping, I'm tagine dropping. I'm just recipe dropping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the fancy foods I've tried. Oh, that curry that I made the other night. Yeah. Oh, I just whipped up a quick curry, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good. I feel like HelloFresh is expanding my palate and my culinary skills in a very non-intimidating way that even I can handle. But it's also great for foodies and good cooks like Rob and Tony. My brother and sister-in-law love it. They get the bigger box, even though there's two of them, and they meal prep Mm -hmm. with it. So it just gets them set for the whole week. They're obsessed with it. 
Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline free and use code Dateline free for a free breakfast for life. That's one free breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Dateline free with code Dateline free. Woo. BF4L. <laughs> Do it <B-F-4-L>. again. BF4L. <laughs> HelloFresh, we love you forever. We America's love you for life. number one meal kit for life, y'all. Yay. Thank you so much, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. Katie, I mentioned my tired face earlier. Mm-hmm. It's not really feeling like New Year, new me. It's feeling like New Year tired me. Oh, no. New Year old face me. Oh, now I understand. I also have a complicated face. I get it. But you look... Perfect. Thank you. And also, it doesn't hurt to have some great makeup. It's no secret how much I love makeup. And makeup lovers out there will understand what it's like to have a drawer full of random stuffs that you buy just because you see it on someone on the internet that looks great in that lip color. Or it's the latest and greatest stick foundation on the market that you have to try because somehow it looks like a second skin. I don't Mm. know. But at the end of the day, you probably actually reach for like the same two to four products or in my case, about seven to ten products because I have non-cooperating face as well as tired face. But slowly over the years, I am seeing that more and more my drawer is filling up with this signature turquoise and it becomes my most reach for products and my products that I travel with that are in my purse. That means, yep, I am thriving. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are 100% vegan and cruelty free. They're all made with clean skin loving ingredients, high performance and trademarked formulas and uncompromising standards. And if it wasn't enough for Thrive to help you look great on the outside, Thrive is also beautiful on the inside. They are a company that knows the meaning of giving back and for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. They have currently donated to over 500 nonprofits throughout the world. Wow. And once you try Thrive's incredible line of products, it's really easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. And when I'm talking about thousands of five-star reviews, the first thing that comes to mind is what? Not our podcast. No, the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Oh, yeah, for sure. That both Kimberly's family, my family are obsessed with, that we're also obsessed with. This mascara is second to none. It's a new year. If you haven't tried it, this is the year to try it. This is a mascara that looks like lash extensions without all the damaging glue or salon prices. So if you were thinking about getting those this year and giving it a try, get the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara first because I think it's going to give you that same effect. It lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking. It has nourishing ingredients as well that support stronger, longer, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's got this tubing formula that like dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. And by the way, I see that they have dropped a few new beauty value sets on their website Mm. that include these mascaras. So you need to head over there right now. And then you can get a deal on their Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner and the mascara. So go check that out right away. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back and we love Thrive. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. 
That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. 2024 is your year to thrive and to fill up that drawer with these iconic little turquoise tubes. Mm-hmm. You know the turquoise, right? Yes, absolutely. Unmistakably iconic thrive. Color. And I always yeah. know that it's going to be a good product. doesn't matter. If I reach yeah. to my purse and I've grabbed a turquoise tube, I'm good to go. It's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Thrive. Thank you, Thrive. So please go to talk to Tony Tung. Mm -hmm. And he is Asian. And a great reminder that not all men from New Jersey look like Chris Christie or DJ Polly D. So does he look like DJ Polly D? No, nothing. He does have a little bit of spiky hair, but it's just because it's cut very short. So it's doing that spike up thing like Bobby Hill. Okay. Okay, so now the officer and he are speaking, and they both have very thick Jersey, New York accents. And the officer says, don't take this the wrong way. Was your wife cheating on you with Rob? And Tony says, yeah, but I had come to terms with the affair. Our marriage was ending. Sophia moved out with the kids. And the officer said, if my wife was stepping out, I wouldn't be too happy. And Tony says, no, the pain is gone here. Also, it is surprising to hear the voice come out of Tony's body. I feel like I'm being so stereotypical. But again, the media has force fed us an image of New Jersey slash New York that is not Tony Tung, which is a mild mannered Asian man who works with computers and is appearing much later in the episode in a very itchy sweater. We are hearing about him being attached to computers and we are seeing pictures of him. So then to hear him talk, it would be jarring. It would be jarring to also hear Rob talk like that. Yes. It's not just because Again, we're we are prey to the stereotypes that the media has been feeding us. And Tony I blame Jersey Shore. This is America. Anyone can be from New Jersey and have a New Jersey, New York. Sorry, he's from New York. Anyone can have a New York accent. Unless you're that internet makeup person. Oh, yeah. In which the case, one that has the fake accent that you said. In which case, you might be in trouble if you're putting on a fake Boston accent. Just saying. <laughs> I'm not sure. Allegedly, I don't know the details. <laughs> so he says the night of the murder, he was doing dishes for a couple hours and was also watching TV. You were doing dishes for a couple hours? I wrote doing dishes alibi question mark exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. That's a terrible alibi. What did you cook that you were doing dishes for a couple hours? Did you cook 10 Thanksgiving dinners? What did you watch? Were you like kind of watching and then letting something soak? Like you you cooked something sticky on a nonstick pan. turns out to be a giant commercial for a Whirlpool dishwasher, I'm going to be mad. Oh, yeah. If it's going to be like, use Jet Dry, saves you hours on dishes so you can go outside and establish yourself a real alibi. That's it. That's it. Then Tony adds to his alibi and he says, I was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark and surfing the internet and doing the dishes. He keeps adding doing the dishes. So now I'm imagining like what you were saying, like a round robin type thing where you have like stations. Like let's say I've heard at workout classes, you go into different stations at each workout station. So like he's watching two minutes of Raiders and then he goes and does one scrub motion of a pan. And then he goes and Googles one thing on the internet or he reads like one email. Then he goes repeat. Then he does the whole thing all over again. He has ADHD to the okay, extreme. Okay, I, I didn't want to say it. Yeah. Okay. 
So then he says at 1 a.m. he went out to get a six pack of beer, which he says, that's pretty much my routine every day. Where are your kids? How what, old are your you, kids? You never Is Sophie ha- there? I know you're, where are the, where are, are the, the children? children? And what is, I mean, it's important to establish healthy routines and healthy <laughs> habits and a sense of routine is a great way to be a better you. And I think going out at 1 a.m. to get a six-pack every d- night is... Um, 1 a.m.? 1 a.m., yeah. So police have nothing substantial on him, so they let him go. Months pass. Rob's friends get very frustrated with the police, and they start picketing outside the courthouse, including Merdad, who is on the news, saying... Like, we hired a PI because we're so mad at law enforcement. He's just railing. And I want Merdad on my side. I want him to be my friend. He's awesome. And he is holding a picket sign that says something like, get the prosecutor out of office. And then someone else has a sign that says, we all know who did it. Now prove it. So they're kind of shouting out Tony, but they're not saying his name. Did the byline on the ticker on the TV say, Merdad for Verdad? Because that would have been amazing because verdad, I'm pretty sure, means truth in Spanish. Yes, it does. How amazing would that have been? Merdad, merdad for the for, verdad. For verdad. Yeah. I mean, he's not Spanish, to my, he's, but, but it would be great. For their Spanish watchers? Yeah, I would love that. If he was running for office in a that, predominantly yeah, in a heavily in a heavily district, yeah. then mm-hmm. I think that would be perfect. There you go. It's la verdad. Mm-hmm. So... Investigators can't prove that Tony got to Jersey that night. They know he was at his place in New York, but how did he cross the bridge without leaving a trace? And that's what they can't seem to prove. And they can't prove if he's not there, how can they prove he did it? So they couldn't prove Tony Tongue and T-neck is what you're exactly. saying, which I... Yes. I was very happy about that alliteration. So they do find video of him around his apartment at that night, which we will get into. They search his apartment and they do find something very suspicious. Less than three hours after Rob was killed, Tony was on his computer running programs to destroy files on his computer in the middle of the night, less than three hours after Rob was killed. What time did they think Rob was killed? Well, the fire was started at whatever time. Was it like 8 o'clock? Mm, I, I don't remember what later. time Henry, the, the volunteer firefighter, was out there. I think it was maybe 10 or so. So it's, it is like early in the morning that he's running these. It's not like... It was like 1 or 2 a.m. 2 a.m. I thought yeah. at 1 o'clock you went to get your beer. Yeah. Hmm. So this is odd. Now, Sophie tells police that he had put spyware on her computer the year before, and that's how Tony had found out about the affair. So Tony is looking really bad. Mm -mm. He had sent anonymous emails to Rob and Rob's ex, Susan. Things like, I know you're seeing that French lady. I saw you walking around the city together. So that's incredibly creepy. Yeah. And also, if Rob is receiving mysterious emails, why is he inviting Tony into his house? Was that before? I don't think so. I think Rob was just that trusting of a guy and like, no, I'll just talk to him. I'm sure it's him. I feel bad for him. He's troubled. That's why he's sending these creepy, veiled, threatening emails. Okay, troubled, danger equals danger. Danger, Rob. So they finally decide that they just aren't going to find this smoking gun and this is all they're going to get. 
So they decide we need to arrest Tony. And this is where we see him with Andrea in the most unfortunate, itchy looking sweater Mm -hmm. that I remember so well from six and a half years ago. I can feel the sweater on my skin. I wish we had a Bombas ad because this is the opposite of the material that Bombas uses. Well, what if it's one of those sweaters like alpaca that looks itchy, but it's actually super soft? I guess that's possible. It's just you're seeing so much of the, like his silhouette is, it looks like he's furry. It's fuzzy, but like wiry. It looks like it's wiry. Yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. actually, I did find out more about the sweater in Outside Info. So What? Yeah. Information I didn't have last time we did this episode. Did someone make it? I'll get there. Oh, my gosh. So Tony is sitting down with Andrea. And again, I'm feeling so sorry for stereotyping New Jersey, New York people. Law and Order and Jersey Shore really did a number on us. They've given us a false sense of the people of the fine tri-state area. But he talks like Tony Soprano and you're just not expecting it. He's Tony Tongue. So. He's like, I answered the door in my boxers and the cops yanked me out and they slammed me against the wall. And I was like, what the heck? And he's this like nerdy looking Asian man. So Andrea says. It's also because he's saying stuff like, what the heck? It's surprising. Yeah, it is. And Andrea says, and now you're accused of murder. And he says, yeah, and burning a house down, (laughs) which is like the murder is the bad part. It's all bad. The arson is bad as well. But the murder is the worst part. But I love that he feels the need to add the house burning part. And so he tells Andrea, I did go to see Rob about a year before. And Andrea says, what did you say? Hi, my name's Tony and you're sleeping with my wife. And Tony says, no, no, I'm not that rude. And he, he says, I just wanted to understand who the person is. So we just talked about small stuff, like family stuff, and Andrea laughs because she just cannot believe this conversation. And he says, we talked about cooking. We both really like food, and I saw he has a really cool stove, so I was like, that's a cool stove. And we talked about cooking and stoves. (laughs) We had a lot in common. We liked food. And the stove makes sense because we see his stove later. I Exactly. Yeah. He's like, we had a lot in common. We liked food. And Sophie, we both love Sophie. Yeah. So then Tony asked Rob, can I see the room where you first slept with Sophie? Can I see the room where it happened? I can't believe you didn't say that. In the room where it happened. Yeah. I want to be in the room where you boned my wife. And this is one step too far for Andrea. (laughs) Andrea's already been on the edge of her seat this whole time. And she says, what? I, she can't she can't comprehend. Also, why is it – see, at this point, I was so confused because I do not think he's still sleeping in that bedroom. He has taken back over the house because his wife moved out. So this is not the only place they had ever slept together. This is where they first consummated the relationship. It's So it's like very symbolic because it's the first place they slept together. I would assume they have slept – together in other places as well like the upstairs bedroom for example i I would assume that too but i'm wondering if it holds a special meaning and that he does have spyware on her computer Mm -hmm. then maybe they're referencing it that the The special our basement love right of this moment and maybe there was an overlap before the wife moved out and so it was more we don't the timeline's a little it is fuzzy so yeah. 
So Andrea says, why, what could you possibly gain by seeing this room? And he says, I wanted to see how he was treating her. Like, is it a nice basement where you did my wife? Well, this, okay, in his defense, that's exactly what you wanted to know. I wanted to know, too. You you had the same thought of, like, that's is true. this a dingy Buffalo yeah. Bill basement? Or Are there is cockroaches? A, a renovated basement. Yeah, and he's like, you couldn't take her to a hotel? You can't do my wife? You know, you... You couldn't you take her to the plaza? You couldn't <laughs> take her to the Hyatt? She's my wife. She deserves to be banged in the plaza. At least the Ramada. <laughs> Down by the shore. It's uh, not in your leaky basement with the black mold in the corner. So he is like wants to see the basement. And Tony says, I asked him to stop seeing Sophie. And Rob said, I can't answer you right now. You're nice and all. And you complimented my stove. And that means a lot to me. But I am not going to stop seeing your wife. She's very beautiful. So Tony says he went back two more times to Rob's house and they chatted on the patio. At least Rob stopped letting him inside. Yeah, Which is, keep it in public, Rob. I also don't know if I believe the basement thing. That he saw the basement? I don't know if Rob would show him. Maybe, but I don't think so. I could see him. We would know, Mayor Dad probably knows if he showed him the basement. Probably. I feel like Rob would say something like, well, he just asked a question. I felt like I wanted to respect him man to man and show him that I took care of her and respected her by doing her in my furnished basement. I also feel like Rob maybe would just lie. Right. And show him the bedroom. But Tony's been reading the emails. So but Tony Tony's been reading the emails. About the basement love. I'm sure basement Tony gave himself love. away a hundred times too. About like that he was reading emails or something because there would be information because you know that then Rob went back to Sophie and it's like, why are you telling Tony? Right. That we did it in the basement. And that's how she she knows he's reading her emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he says, I don't know who killed Rob. How the hell do I know? I'm in New York. And so Tony goes on trial. So Tony goes on trial and Rob's sister is very concerned because it's all circumstantial. She still looks fabulous. Rob's friend, Mayor Dad, thinks that Tony comes in with attitude to the trial, doesn't look remorseful at all. The prosecutor, Mello, he's, he's very mellow, said that this is the oldest motive. He's very dramatic the way he speaks. Yes. Oh, this yeah. is the oldest motive in the world. She and he done him wrong. And I thought that's not one of Manx's three motives. He says that all datelines fall into three motives, but jealousy is one of the three, I think. I think so, that that counts. And yeah. love. So also, it's fine. He is auditioning for Law and Order with that line. One thousand he, she, and he done him wrong. It's an over the shoulder line. It's the oldest motive in the world, guys. She and he done him wrong. Dong dong. Or it's like he or she done him wrong. Yes, Officer Benson, your killer is a woman. This is when we need video on this podcast. <laughs> Katie did a full-on over the shoulder. But Kimberly did the most serious side look, and that is accurate. <laughs> Scarily accurate, and I feel like Dick Wolf will be calling any minute. We're waiting, Dick. We're we are waiting. not too big. In case you're thinking this podcast is so successful, we would turn down a Law & Order franchise. You're wrong. We're waiting for the call. Yeah. So Tony's rage, they think, was simmering. But then she served him with divorce papers, 
So that was a tipping point. The biggest- When? When did she serve him with divorce? Very shortly before the murder. But the biggest tipping point was the day of the murder. Mm -hmm. Sophie introduced one of their daughters to Rob. The museum. And the prosecutor is saying this in the trial, like, this would be the first time that a child of tongue had met mommy's friend Rob. The child of tongue made it sounded like Game of Thrones, like House of yeah. Targaryen. House of child tongue. Child of tongue. It does. It sounds diabolical. Yeah. I am Daenerys Stormborn Targaryen. Ha- House of Old Valyria. Daughter of tongue. Daughter of tongue. <laughs> it works. So and he goes, he's saying to the jury, daughter Cleo will tell her father, oh, yes. I had a lovely day today. Okay, she's eight. I don't think that's what she's saying. I had a lovely day today, mummy. <laughs> mummy and I went to the museum. I met her friend Rob. Is Daddy, any- do you know her friend Rob? The prosecutor is being so dramatic. And also there's this younger prosecutor who is very good looking. And I'm labeling a prosecutee for sure. Yeah. So mark off prosecutee. Okay. Tony said that he got home at 9 p.m., but that wasn't true. They see him on camera coming home after 10. And then he said he stayed home all night, except for the 1 a.m. beer run. But 20 minutes after he came home at 10, he went out to his car with some bags. And then I realized he has to park in Manhattan and he has a car in Manhattan and he has to street park. And that just sounds like a living nightmare. So he spends two minutes in his car and then he gets out and he walks away, but not in the direction of his apartment. Okay. And then he's gone for a long time. Where are the children? Where they were with her that night. And she had moved out at that point. This is what we're going to find out. Yes. Yeah. So he didn't move his car. How did he get to Jersey. Prosecutor says to Andrea, I think he got to Jersey in some other way. And Andrea goes, okay, okay. Which, like, how? how?" And he goes, there are many, many ways that you can get to New Jersey without having a record. And then Andrea's like, are are you going to tell... Tell us any of them or no, no. It sounds not. diabolical how he no, said it. It sounds like there so, was a devil with wings that like flew down. I thought a hippogriff. under his arms maybe. Like, a, like a dementor. Yeah. Like swooped him up. No, got, that's Jeepers Creepers. It's okay, there you go. Yeah, that's the boogeyman. Yeah. Down to the Babadook. Yeah. A hippogriff him. is a much nicer thing that he would have used to fly. He did not he, use a hippogriff. I can think of. One thing I can think of, you asked a friend for a ride and you hid in his trunk so you're not on security footage crossing the bridge. I can think of maybe there are buses or trains or taxis that don't have security footage. No. And you pay for your ticket with cash. A bus to New Jersey? How long did that take? I know. But there's a train, but... But that I has video. I think at least one side of the train, one of the stations, getting on or getting off, There'd there be are video. security footage. Yeah. I know this is 2011, but there was still security footage. So, so why is the prosecutor being all like... 
mysterious about it because he said many and then he realized he said many and he should have said maybe one or two and he's like why did i say many because now i have to supply many so i'm just gonna say none it's just better if i say none and say that it's many what if babadook is on the list in really tiny letters babadook it's like down at the bottom hippogriff what if there is a law clerk that's really dissatisfied (laughs) Working for the prosecutor's yeah. office, they're overworked and tired. And he's like, "I need a list of ways that Tony Tung could have gotten to Jersey. He could Tony Tung could have gotten to Teaneck, not taken a tram, like yeah. something a tram or a taxi. It's tram all tea, a taxi all train. the way down. Yeah. And then the person is so tired and they're at home. Maybe they call a friend. <laughs> they're like just coming up with the weirdest way. Hang gliding was the, is there a cliff somewhere you could jump off and hang glide to Jersey? Tunnels. <laughs> Just tunnels. Sewers. Secret. Secret. <laughs> the sewers like the penguin. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. There you go. So I want to know what did his phone records say? Did he call or phone a buddy that night? We know he didn't call a taxi service or anything like that, but we don't have on camera him hailing down a taxi. We don't know. We don't see him get into a car, but he would have had to contact a friend if he did get a ride from a friend. Oh, yeah. He gets home and starts to destroy evidence on his computer. 17, no, 170,000 bits of information, the prosecutor says. I don't know if he means what he means by bits and if he meant bytes, like megabytes. I don't think he knows what he means by bits. And I hope it think he's hoping the jury doesn't know what he means by bits. Except he's just saying bits. <laughs> but months before... He had emailed a friend about getting a magazine for a gun, and this email they are able to find, that matches the caliber of the gun of a shell they found at the scene. They never found a gun, but they found a shell. The friend did not send him a magazine, but it shows that he was interested in that caliber of magazine. And the prosecutor says to Andrea, don't you find that remarkable? No. No, I don't. He just found he was interested in that. Did he buy it? We don't know. And this was a year before. This is not good evidence. This is not a lot. And there, how many calibers of guns are there? They're not like that many common ones, right? It's still not great. It's not. It's bad, but it's not like remarkable. But I'll tell you what I find remarkable, that you can get all of your news in 10 minutes a day with the Newsworthy Podcast with host Erica Mandy. 10 minutes a day gives you an unbiased look at news, politics, and government, big tech news, fun entertainment. I've been listening to it every day, and I feel so much more educated. What's going on in Iran? When is the next presidential debate? Who gave Heather Gay her black eye? There we go. I need to know all of it. And it's all equally important to me. Mm-hmm. But usually I feel too overwhelmed to even know where to start looking at big topics going on in the world. Yeah. Or once I start looking, I'm doom scrolling for hours and my anxiety is through the roof. At one point, my therapist told me to stop reading the news and politics because I was such a ball of rage. But I found that this podcast, The Newsworthy, is the perfect balance for me because Erica's voice is very upbeat and soothing. It's also very serious when she's talking about serious things. And she pulls from a variety of sources. So it's unbiased, which is way more than I can say for conversations with my parents' neighbors, which I got into last week. 
Because of Newsworthy, I learned that Starbucks lets you bring your own tumbler for order ahead and drive through orders, which is something I've been asking them to do for years. And I heard about it on the Newsworthy yesterday. So today I will go to the drive through like I do every morning and I give the lady my own tumbler. And the lady goes, Oh, wow, this is new. I've never done this before. Because I'm one of the first people You're- that's initiating this program because of the Newsworthy. You were the change you wanted to see in the world. I saved the planet. I'm saving the environment. You're doing I've been it. doing bad for the environment because of this one horrible habit for the past few years. But now because of Erica and the Newsworthy, I know better. And I was like the, basically the first day they started the program. I was first in You're line. You're the change. I am the change. The children and Kimberly are our future, and I knew about it because of the Newsworthy. There we go. So search the Newsworthy on whatever app you're listening to now, or go to thenewsworthy.com. Again, the podcast, The Newsworthy. Add it to your everyday playlist to get fast, fair, fun news every day. I'm so enjoying having this be one of my healthy new habits for the new year. It's 2024, everybody. Stay informed with Newsworthy. Thank you, Newsworthy. Thank you, Newsworthy. So let me just say that if I had to call my friend in Jersey in the middle of the night and I didn't want to call upon the dark spirits of the underworld to take me there and I was actually going to have to phone a friend, I Mm -hmm. think I'd want to make sure that my service was reliable, affordable, and simple. That's why I am so excited to tell you about Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, okay, what is the catch? Because there's always a catch. I can remember spending hours at a specific wireless provider's store with them just trying to sell me on this, and it this plan goes into this, and if you order this, you get more of this. It was maddening. So back to Mint. After talking to Mint Mobile, it all made perfect sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they simply sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, which are the devil, and pass those sweet savings directly to you and your wallet. When I asked Oliver what he hated about his old phone plan, he said two things right off the bat. A price that was always either increasing or changing in some way, so he got less for paying the same, or that the price would just go up. And then also, again, really complicated phone plans that unless you're looking at every page of your contract, you don't really actually know what you're paying for. It took us no joke less than 10 minutes to sign up for Mint Mobile online. And that's including entering all of his information. These plans could not be more cut and dry. You get exactly what you need in plain, easy to understand language. And he is saving so much money and has more data than he had before. Look, we're so excited that my whole family is now in on it. And I think we're going to go ahead and try the family plan as well. And not only do they have family plans, they also have something called Mint 55 Plus for those older people in your life who really want zero complications. All Mint Mobile plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile and bring your own phone number along with all your existing contacts. So if that's holding you up, you don't have to worry about that. So ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get premium wireless service 
for just 15 bucks a month. So to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash date dateline. That's mintmobile.com slash date dateline and cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Mintmobile.com slash date dateline. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Because it's not just that Mint Mobile does premium wireless simple. Mint Mobile is doing it well. Thank you so much, Mint Mobile. We're so excited about your service. Thank you, Mint Mobile. It's minty. Fresh. So Tony goes to his car for that two minutes, which is very strange. Mm-hmm. He goes, comes home 10 20 minutes later, goes out to his car, stays in his car for two minutes. He exits his car and he's carrying something besides the plastic bags that he came out of his apartment with. And it's something so grainy. It is either a paper bag or a frozen turkey, a giant frozen turkey. I don't, it's so grainy in the surveillance footage. But the prosecutor says, that's something I suggest to you is the gun, Detective Benson. So, because he's still trying to audition for Law and Order SVU. Yeah. yeah. Sophie what? takes the stand in Tony's trial with her very thick accent, and she tells the story of how she met Rob, and she had this T-shirt on that said Paris Marathon, and he said, "Oh, do you run?" And then she said, "Yes, we, we, we." And he said, "How would you like to run into my arms?" And he didn't do that, but that would have been a good no. pickup line, right? No. My legs are tired because you've been running through nope. my mind all day. Nope. So he, on Valentine's Day, they finally became intimate in the bedroom in the basement because he had said to her, this is where the, there's a basement, there's a bed. The kids used to use it when they were teenagers, which again, it makes me think the basement is not a nice place to be intimate because it's where teenagers, like, I don't know, smoke pot and trade like cabbage patch i think there is another sentence that's missing but it has since become my library of sorts that's what come down and see my collection of leather bound books on philosophy the way she says it is they were upstairs in the house or on the ground floor Mm -hmm. and he said there's a basement my teens used to use it smoking doobies and looking at dirty magazines also, he used to use it. Come he down to there. make love to me, my Sophie, in this basement. I don't know how that happened. I might have been, it might not have been on purpose. I think it was, come, let's go check out the basement. And then they fell into each other's in an arms. embrace. They fell mm-hmm. in an embrace. You know what? I would think they both have children and they're both in their middle, normal, I hate saying middle age is 40, but it, they're both like, adults so maybe when you have kids you want to go back to that like time when you're a teenager where you're yeah, they're like playing high school playing yeah. high school making out on a dirty mattress mm-hmm. i don't know is that yeah, what teens that do? seems right yeah so tony hacked her email and found out and he asked her oh this is how he found out about the basement bedroom there we go. so it wasn't in the emails he asked her where did you f- sleep together because for some reason, it matters to him, the location. Yeah, it really and does. It really does. He's fixated on it. And she says, in the basement bedroom. And she said, Tony was upset that she had slept with an older man in a basement. 
Okay, so he was like really into maybe that treating her right was not far off. Maybe it was more of like you're leaving me for this old man uh-huh. in his grody basement. Right. It's like such a slap in the face to me. If you left me for Brad Pitt in the, you know, regency. Or, yeah, maybe he, if you left me for someone in a penthouse that was a professor, I wouldn't feel so whatever bad. at Harvard or yada yada, you know, it seems. But you it. left me for this 20 year older guy in a gross basement. How does that make me feel? Maybe. So a few days later, this was, again, in the previous year. He found out about this. A few days later, he came home with a gun in a paper bag. And she didn't recognize, she doesn't know what kind of gun it is, so she can't tell them if it's the same kind of gun. It wasn't until a year later, though, that Rob was killed. So there was like a year difference. But by this year, it was clear that their marriage was over and she had introduced Rob to their daughter that day. so And she was not living there? And I think she had moved out and was definitely, like, filing for divorce. He really felt like... I think he had really tried to get Rob to break up with her. But the thing is, their your marriage was not great before. And just because she's not with Rob doesn't mean she's going to come back to you. I think she was done with you, Tony. And Rob was... A symptom of that or a catalyst, but it wasn't the be all end all. It wasn't like she had to choose between either one. She probably, if she broke up with Rob, would choose neither of you. She would choose not you. You know, she would rather choose to be single. But I think that's, it's much easier on the ego to just yeah. assume that it's this other person. It's definitely not you. Yeah. If she breaks up with him, she'll definitely come back to me. Right. Yeah. Right. He's stolen her. He's bewitched her. It's that right. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was gone. She was not, yeah, she was not interested in continuing. Sophie uh, cries on the stand when she learned about Rob's death, and it's very sad. And then a very sweet moment, the ex-wife, Rob's ex-wife, Susan, goes up to Sophie, and they hug and they cry. It was very nice. They both loved him. Mm -hmm. The defense attorney, oh boy, I remember this defense attorney. (laughs) Robert Kalesh. He has eyebrows for days, and he has a hoop earring. A single hoop earring that I remember from last time. I have a weird memory of this. So he says, if he was going to kill Rob, why didn't he do it at his house a year before? That was the time to do it with your bare hands. And it's like, sir, are you advocating for murder in your opening statement? There's somebody on the jury that he's speaking directly to, and I don't know who it is. Oh, because some guy's like, yeah, you're right. That makes sense. I would have killed him then with you're my right. I would have killed him right then and there. Yeah. There's <laughs> some, there's maybe a few yeah. people and on that jury. I'm thinking, did you just say he should have killed him a year earlier with his bare hands? Yeah. Somebody that's resonating with. Yeah. Then he says police had tunnel vision. They didn't look at any other suspects. They didn't see if Rob had any other enemies. He had no other enemies. Right. That's why there were no other suspects. At this point, we see a shot of Tony's apartment in New York, and I see for the first time that it is above a Subway sandwich shop. And speaking as a former Subway sandwich artist in Mm -hmm. my teen years, Mm -hmm. your entire wardrobe smells like bread if you live in that building. Because when I worked in it and I happened to put my apron 
in my closet. My whole closet smelled like bread. So the defense attorney tells Andrea, it's totally normal. He says, totally normal that Tony decided to wipe his computer at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. So that was two to three hours after the murder. So the murder was like 11 midnight. That answers that question. At 2 a.m., he decided to wipe his computer, as you do. Maybe he is an insomniac. Andrea asked Tony, why did you email your friend in Texas about a magazine for a 38 gun? And he goes, it was a conversation starter. She says, she just laughs. I love Andrea when she laughs. She just can't believe these men are trying this. Why are you trying this with me? I'm Andrea Canning. Yeah. And he goes, well, I was like, you're in Texas. Aren't they cheaper there? Hey, how much do they cost? The magazines for 38. And Andrea goes, it just it looks bad. And Tony interrupts her and says, I understand that. And I didn't like that he interrupted her. So he says that the gun he showed to Sophie in the paper bag that one day was a gun that he was holding for a friend, which is as old an excuse as the dog ate my homework. It's what I wish the defense attorney would say about that pirate earring. I'm holding it for a friend. How many friends does Tony Tung have? He has a friend in Texas. Texas. He's got another friend friend who's got a gun. gun. What's Tony involved in? Computers. Okay. The sweater business. No. Spyware. Um, Also, am I too old-fashioned that I do not like this one hoop earring on this older gentleman? Yes. I am so old-fashioned. His body, his choice. If he wants to wear that earring, go for it. I mean, you're you're six years older now, so maybe you're more old-fashioned now. (laughs) I am. That's true. Than back then. I don't know. No, I think it's it could be the combo of the bare hands. There's a few things happening. Bare hands? The bare, yeah, bare hands. No, the rigging him with his bare hands. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's a few, it's a combo of a bunch of things. I thought you were saying he has bare hands. His bare It's like, well, what are bare hands? Yogi. He doesn't have thumb dexterity? Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> a picnic. So the defense attorney is saying, how can you prove that a man committed a murder in New Jersey when you can't prove He's in New Jersey, at which is a wonderful point. But the detective love, who's fabulous, she is sitting in the front row and she yeah. just hates this defense attorney. And she keeps looking, giving side eye and smirking and pursing her lips so hard. I thought her lips were going to fall off. That's She's amazing. Just so annoyed. I took a screenshot. It was pretty funny. Yes. The jury deliberates for several days and everyone is very nervous. They find him guilty. And Rob's family are so relieved. And Tony, when Andrea says, you heard the word guilty, and Tony says, unbelievable. That's what he felt. And he gets life. But then, update, three years later, an appeals court finds that part of a detective's testimony could have unfairly prejudiced the jury, and they overturn his conviction. Now, I did a tiny bit of digging very cursory Google search because I wanted to know more about this. First of all, Tony is not his name. That's his nickname. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. But the appeals court said that the court 
the trial court allowed the prosecutor's team to indicate that Tony was guilty by constantly mentioning how he kept saying, I don't want you to search my apartment and my car and I need a lawyer and I need to check with a lawyer before I let you do this. So he's, they keep mentioning how he wanted a lawyer and how he didn't want them to search Ooh. his things. And this makes the jury think he's guilty, even though those are constitutional rights. That you have. So that was one thing. They also said that the judge allowed an officer to testify that he knew Tony was lying during the interrogation. And I don't know more about what that means. Was it a feeling or they had evidence that contradicted? Well, maybe it's that if that's specifically about his times of being in the apartment or not being in the apartment, then that is proven to be a lie. But if it's something else, but that does seem weird that they would use him asking for an attorney against him. You can't do that. There's no way you should be able to do that because then nobody would would ask for an attorney and everyone needs to ask for an attorney. Exactly. So the family is devastated by this and Merdad is furious and you don't want to make him mad. No. And Tony goes on trial again and without the pirate attorney, new attorney and new prosecutors. And they have to remind the jurors that in 2011, there weren't ring cameras and smartphones everywhere. So the technology evidence won't really be the same. But what really is important, they point out, is that Tony lied about his alibi. And it's not just the timeline. He kept saying in all of his statements that he was doing the dishes that night and we made a lot of fun for saying it. Then we see these photos of his hoarder apartment. You can't say that. It's not hoarder. It's a, first of all, this is a Manhattan apartment. It is a dirty middle-aged man going through a rough divorce apartment. It's small. It's small and it's disgusting and it's depressing. The walls are filthy. The stove is caked in crap and no wonder he complimented rob's stove you just can't see your own stove tony his stove is particularly small but it is caked in cooking grease yeah it's nasty there's like a kitchen there's like a sink in the kitchen that looks more like a garage type sink again Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. And he has a bottle of Listerine over it, which makes me think that he doesn't have a sink in the bathroom. And that's also his bathroom sink. He may not have a working sink in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, And then you can see the toilet in the background in the other room. And there's cords that are plugged into the kitchen. And then they go to something in another room, which seems very dangerous. And there's some cans of Raid. And I know New York is so expensive, but you know there's bugs in this apartment and it could be cleaned. Did Tony move out? Sophie moved out. We're saying that Sophie moved out, but did Sophie stay in the apartment because of the two girls? And did Tony move into a bachelor apartment? That's what I think happened. That's that's what what I think think happened happened as well. I don't think this is... The this place is that not they've all been Sophie. living this whole time. No, at all. The, and no. the children should not be in this apartment. No, it seems very dangerous and a fire hazard. And just, and again, I know New York is ridiculously expensive. I live in LA, so I get it. But yeah, you can still be clean. And he's going through something. That apartment says, I'm going through something. And I've been there too. That apartment says, I'm not used to doing my own cleaning. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is single dad bachelor, and when the kids come to visit, they are scared and depressed. Yeah, they had they go out. They don't yeah. stay in. No. He meets them downstairs, and they go to the park. Yeah. 
and then to ice cream and then maybe in the apartment for like two minutes because they have to grab a I coat. don't think there's anywhere to sit in that apartment. I I, I would like to see it again. I would I would have asked for floor plans. I don't want to <laughs> keep asking. I really yeah. need floor plans of everything. Yeah. Including the basement and the other house because so, that would tell us a lot too. Absolutely. So I want to see pre-fire photos of the basement. <laughs> yeah. So, but the most important thing where we're getting to with all of this with the apartment photos is that there are dishes so piled many. on the stove, dirty dishes that have been cooked with recently and in the sink. So he clearly was not doing the dishes or any sort of cleaning. So but when was that photo taken? That day or the next day. Okay. And there's no way he did. He got all of those dishes dirty. And yeah, there's no way. Okay. Unless he maybe he went when he said cleaning dishes, he meant like cleaning discs, like hard drives, because he was cleaning up. He his said computer. washing dishes. Yeah, he said washing dishes. There's no that's not a euphemism. And he also lied about his leaving his apartment. He did yeah. leave. So jurors take only a few hours this time to find him guilty and he gets life once again. And his Rob's whole family misses him so much. He has grandkids now that oh. would have loved to spend time with him. And Mare Dad is still running and he misses his friend Rob, who he called Roberto. And he says the sweetest thing I think I've ever heard. He said it's like the way he's come to terms with what happened is that he framed it as... Rob died so that Sophie could be free from Tony. He gave his life for Sophie because he loved everyone and he loved her and he would do this for people. So Ugh. he died so she could be free. Wow. And I do have some outside information. Yeah, look, tell me about the sweater, please. Okay, first of patient. all, from Dateline producer, during we learned that during the first visit when Tony went to Rob's house, he stole a photo of Rob that Sophie had mentioned in one of her emails. And then he later gave it back to him. So how creepy is that? Oh, so Sophie in an email had mentioned she liked this photo of Rob and he when he went into Rob's house, stole it and then later gave it back to him. Tony's unwell. This Tony is, is not so right. Unwell. This sort of stealing a photo. Then what's he doing? He's giving it back and being like, hey, I borrowed this. I borrowed this. That's Sorry. weird, Tony. That's really odd. But remember I said I liked your stove. So we're all cool, right? It's so strange. Uh-uh. No. Um, so, okay. So this is the best interaction that's ever happened on Twitter. Caitlin says, Tony's sweater is ugly. And Dateline responded, Tony didn't pick it out. It was actually a producer's sweater. And Caitlin says, apologies to the producer. It's still ugly. And Dateline says, you're not wrong, smiley face. <laughs> That's Susan Nall. That has to be Susan Nall. She's hilarious. Is the producer still there? And can we find out what the sweater's made of? Is it itchy or is it mis like one of those, it looks like it's itchy, but it's soft? So they were trying to do a fake out then. Yeah. He showed up in his prison outfit, probably, and they. I'm sure he did. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and did this? Did the producer like that sweater, or did he bring him an ugly sweater on purpose? Was that like a car sweater? You throw one in the car or whatever. Yes. But they're, no, they're in New York, so car. No. Hmm. They could have a production van, yeah. But he still probably would have brought a better sweater with him. 
Or it's freezing also in New York. Is there a chance it's just cold? And so that's like the warmest sweater the warmest and you always have it under a big coat. So it also, just doesn't matter. This sweater could look better on someone else. I don't think it's well suited to Tony. You know, Tony's skin tone and the tone in this sweater is not a good match. It's not. And so I'm thinking like of someone else very handsome. Like could Josh Dumel pull off this sweater? Maybe. I'm trying to picture Josh Dumel. <laughs> Find someone else that you find attractive. Is Henry he the guy Cavill in the fall. Who's the guy in the fall? Who's Scottish? No, that's the different guy. This episode is dedicated to two very special Patreons of ours. I don't know why I said it like that. I made it sound like they were special friends, but in like a naughty way. Like no, you we didn't. Had, we had been intimate in a basement together. Maybe. Who are they? It depends on who they are. Andrea L and Merritt W. I have been intimate with one of them in a basement. But I don't want to say which one. And by intimate, you mean played light as a feather, stiff as a board. And got really scared and had to run up the basement But I have body image issues, so I'm always worried I won't be light as a feather. So I wanted to be the lifter in that case. Yeah. Um, Who wants to be the person? Isn't the person the person that gets possessed? I'm not sure how the game works. I've never played it. You don't get possessed. You just become very light. How does that game work? Have you, Andrea and Merritt, played this? And please explain us if it's the devil's work. But yeah, if you've played this game, Andrea L. and Mary W., let us know. But thank you so much for supporting our podcast and helping us keep the lights on and the mics on in 2024. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea. You got an Andrea episode. Merit, I would give you a Merit episode, but there's not a host named Merit. But I think it's a really So you get a Merit badge. And also, your contribution is specifically going for a mic item. Because my Kimberly's thing smells windscreen weird. smells weird. So it's time for a new one. So you, my pop you screen two have done smells it. just strange. No, it's time for a new one. That means yeah. it's time. They give a lot more than that. So thank you. You're giving us a lot more. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much, Andrea and Merritt. We appreciate you more than words, clearly, because we don't say good words when we're trying to thank you. Light as a feather. Generous as a board. Light as a feather. You're on the board. There we go. Thank you so much. Actually, that would be great if a Ouija board company did that. Yeah. That'd be really funny at a board meeting. So if anybody out here works for Ouija Boards Incorporated, there you go. B-roll. B-roll bonanza. Oh, lightning. first of all, go, we're going to bare hands. No, lightning. There was a lot of lightning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Light, I thought she was doing bare hands again. Mm-mm. There was so much lightning because that was the symbolism. Although she didn't end it. Andrea didn't end the episode with that. Usually if there's weather at the beginning, there's weather at the end. Because it's an update. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. The sister Leslie, who's fabulous, is going through fabric swatches. I thought she was folding laundry. That was my question for you. She's going through fabric swatches. I think it was. it could have been laundry. But it, I, I want it to be fabric. I want her to be picking out. She's covering her couch and she's yeah. picking out. Or she's picking out new chair fabric. She might be an interior designer. Drapes. I could see her being an interior designer. That coat that she's wearing is great. You know, she could work with Jill Zarin at the carpet store. <laughs> oh, maybe so. Is, yeah, it, I is could that see what that. Jill Zarin does? Isn't her husband a carpet king? I think he passed away. Wasn't he a carpet king? Yeah, I think so. I go. only watched the first season. Is she now a carpet queen? Maybe. Is that how the carpet monarchy works? I think so. Okay. We see Merdad running and stretching a lot, jogging. What does the park bench say? 
I thought it was dedicated to Rob, but I think it's dedicated to someone else. I don't know what it said. I only saw the first part. It has a quote and it's like for something, but I thought it was like an actual phrase, like a I'm sure it was, but it wasn't symbolic or they would have shown us. Oh, okay. But yeah, I loved seeing him stretching and running. That was good. Yeah, I did too. Mm -hmm. And the prosecutor is doing prosecutor things like writing with a very fancy pen, as prosecutors do. We also see Leslie looking at her phone at one point mm-hmm. and scrolling. And, and I didn't get a good shot of her nails, but I'm sure they're great. done. Gold, um, probably. And then um, Detective Celia Love or Cecilia Love is driving. Mm-hmm. She just looks. She's great. You know, some people can wear a tucked in shirt and some people can't. Technically, anyone can. Anyone your body, can. Your choice. But she looks great in it. She looks like a just a good detective. Yeah, She's got she does. good detective gear going. Yeah. We see a close-up of juror chairs, which is on the bingo cards now. So oh. a close-up of the jury box. Is tattoo on the bingo charts? Just tattoos? Probably. Because we do get this B-roll photo shot of in this during the second trial, which is paused on forever. And I don't know what's going on, but in the forefront of the picture is just a tattooed forearm. Oh, yeah. What was Who that? Was that? I feel like I did notice that. What are they doing? I don't know. Yeah, it's just frozen forever on it. I felt like it was trying to tell us something, but I didn't know what it was. Whose arm is it? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to have to go back. Okay. I feel like there are so many MVPs in this episode, but I would say Merdad is one of them for sure. Yeah, Merdad, poor Verdad is really the one. And Leslie. Did you have any brands unhappy being on Dateline? Well, Subway, but then it just kind of made me want Subway, so... You know, Manhattan apartments did not look great in this. No, <laughs> they did not. Did you ever have a Porta Subs? No. Porta Subs is, sorry, it's better than Subway. But that was my Subway growing up. Where I lived, there was Porta Subs. Port O Subs. Oh, never heard of it. Okay, it's good. Anyways, if you see one, I would rec- go. I come from a Subway family, and I'll die a Subway family, wow. Katie. All right. Why does the feather sticks? Okay. Um, I saw a meme that was like, you're either an Advil family or a Tylenol family growing up. And when you go to your friends' houses or grow up and you find out that not everyone's like that, it's crazy. And then you sometimes like switch teams. I don't know. It was funnier the way the meme said it. I We had a, a pill bottle mix up in my house the other day because we buy generic from Big Lots. <laughs> and so there's an allergy med bottle and an all day yeah. relief. And if you don't look at them, so one of them's fake Aleve, right? And one of them is fake Zyrtec. Yeah. And if you, and they both sit on the kitchen so that we can find them in sort of the kitchen island. The amount of times that I've reached for the all day, because all you see is A-L-L and you're like, oh, good. And then you're like, no, dang it. Why are these blue? That's incorrect. It's Mm -mm. really, I hate it. Can't stand it. Big lots, pull it together. Okay. Fashion police. Leslie, leopard coat, metallic yeah. Under the leopard, it yeah. was really good. And her t- makeup all matched perfectly. It was all that metallic gold oh, tone. It was beautiful. And the blown out hair, just so, so blown out perfectly. Yeah. You know she got her hair done for this interview. She's fabulous. Worth every penny. Andrea wear, is wearing a blue lace top that I really enjoyed. Yeah, she It made her gorgeous. eyes pop. She was wearing a blue cowl neck sweater earlier, too, when she's out in the with the guy... Henry. The firefighter. The fire car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's time. I don't have good titles. Did you write Tony, Tony, Tony? No. Because because I am 90% sure that you did Tony, Tony, Tony from the first episode. 
I have done Tony, Tony, Tony at least twice in our titles. But this again, we've have, done 400 episodes. This may have started it. This, this may be the started. originator. Tony, Tony, Tony. Mm-hmm. What about Tony, Tony, T-neck? <laughs> I wish Did I had do done that? that. Okay. Almost a slip of the tongue. I don't Because he almost got away with it. He almost slipped out of law enforcement. Oh, a slip grass. of the tongue because his last name is Tongue. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. No, it's not. No, yeah, it is. It's not. It's bad. It's as good as mine. I have the dirty dishes defense. Mm-hmm. It all comes out in the unwash. Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't wash them. And then Tony's trip to T-neck. Perfect. I wrote, if you want to destroy my sweater, because someone mentioned <laughs> Weezer the other day. Contact Dateline producer. And then, my, but the only title I actually like of mine was "Don't Judge a Guido by His Sweater." Oh, that's good. I can't get past that that voice comes out of that face. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for joining us in 2024. It's going to be a good year. We have a lot of stuff fun planned for our Patreon, including a very exciting book club that we're doing maybe the end of the month or beginning of next month. Mm-hmm. Our friend Laura Norton, host of The Fall Line, wrote a book called Lay Them to Rest. And we are going to be doing, normally our book clubs are just for our loving life levels and up of our Patreon. But we have expanded it per Laura with to all of our Patreons get to join Ooh. a live stream. So that should be really fun. She's going to be part of our live stream, though, which is really fun because we've done a few of these book clubs. But usually it's just Katie and I. And we're actually going to have the author Ooh. with us on the live stream. And she happens to be a good friend of ours and an amazing podcaster and author and English professor. And she's all the and human. Human. She is. She's a great human. But we also have a lot of stuff on Patreon. We do bonus episodes every month and we do a lot of other fun stuff that we have in the works. Mm -hmm. So check us out, our Patreon or our Supercast. And if you missed giving someone a holiday present, give them a Supercast membership because you can just give them a membership for the year. It's amazing. I love that. It's such a good good gift. And follow us online. Hopefully this is the year your resolution is to become more engaged with us on social media. Wouldn't that be a good resolution? That would be great. That's a great resolution just to be on social media more. I think literally it's the opposite of half the people's resolutions, which is I'm going to I'm going to yeah. not be on social media. I don't want to be so addicted much. to my phone. No, I'm going to be more addicted to social media but only a day with dayline accounts and I'm going to leave them a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's a great resolution. That's Yeah. Good. Thank you so much and Katie, I only have one thing to say to you. I've always hated you. And I've left you for someone much better looking, which was very difficult to find because you're very good looking. And I curse you. Have a nice day. It's the I curse you, isn't it? (laughs) A pox on your house. (laughs) That's how we're going to be ending our episodes this year. I hope that someone doesn't hear this episode and catches it later because it's going to be great. A pox on your head. Bye, Bye, everybody. Is there any chance that the eight-year-old has an accent? British accent. No, no. Maybe Not French. A British accent. Maybe French because of Sophie. Oh, I was sort of hoping for Oh, in for New a York. New- I was really hoping for a Jersey accent. We went and got a hot dog down at the pier, Dad. <laughs> and then we bought some scratchers. I met Sorry, a friend I love Rob. scratchers. This is not a dig. I got scratchers for Christmas. So, yeah, yeah. He loves scratchers. I love a good scratcher. I won F all. That's a travesty. 
My sister spent her hard-earned money on bingo scratchers for me because there is no bingo here. And I won a free ticket. Well, that's something. On six tickets? I got a bunch of tickets one year for my birthday because it was a lucky day. And I didn't win anything. But I was born. So you got to count your good luck where it happens. That feels weird to me. You didn't win any? Are you sure you didn't win? I'm positive. And it was a lucky day. Yeah. So. Oh, weird. I feel like I maybe made a meme where I put a pirate on his shoulder. A parrot I mean a parrot on his shoulder. It'd be funnier if you put a tiny pirate. I'm going to put a tiny pirate on his shoulder. (laughs) There's my meme for this episode. I love when we come up with it. You like Henry Cavill. I don't like Henry Cavill. I'm highly suspicious of him. I know, because he's so handsome. I'm so suspicious of Henry Cavill. Yeah. But you think, could he pull off this sweater? Yeah. Henry Cavill could just wear anything. Right. There you go. I think the guy from The Bear and Shameless, he could pull off this sweater. I think any extreme hipster could pull off this sweater. Was the guy who owned the sweater a red-headed gentleman with a beard? Maybe because like he a could Vincent pull this Van Gogh-looking person. Because yeah. I could the, picture that sweater. That guy from the Game of Thrones. Yeah, with the beard. Is that it? Can you see that? that? Romanced. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Are you rewatching Game of Thrones? No, I don't know why I keep bringing it up. You brought I'm it up not. about four or five times. I'm. I feel like you're. I know. You need I'm to not. rewatch or something. Something's going on with you. All right. Donate to our Patreon so Katie can <sighs> jo- buy the brand names and not get her medications confused. I'm not the one I always say. Hey, would you pick up a bottle of a leaf? And then that comes back. It's not, it's not you. On this one. And I we am, know you, you love know grou- grocery outlet. and I do, but I love grocery outlet breads. because it has expensive cheese at a discount. I really like the expensive cheese. I just don't want to pay for like, you know, the camembert and like the really good ones. Yeah. St. Andre. It's like a bazillion dollars. I don't have grocery outlet here, so I'm stuck. My mom just announced to a whole table at dinner. I just saw this new place. It's called Grocery Outlet. And we were talking about restaurants. (laughs) That was what was funny. We were talking about like fancy (laughs) sushi restaurants. And she's like, I just saw this place called Grocery Outlet. I hope you stood up for it. I hope you you were kind. Yeah, they have great sushi there. Were you kind? (laughs) Did you throw me under the bus? No. Was my name drug through the mud? I think I said Katie loved that place. And then everyone goes, For their sushi. (laughs) Oh, I do not.